Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, it is so good to gather today. And Lord, as we spend a few moments, give us ears open to Your Word. Speak, Lord, for Your servant heareth. In Jesus' name, Amen. Please be seated. Now, I've been um, calling this last uh, sermon series uh, Legacy of God's Word. I wanted you to think for a moment what a legacy is. A legacy is the impact that you have on an organization or the people that are part of that organization or the people you know. I had a band director in, in high school um, who always said that your success in any organization is not measured only by what you get from that organization, but by what you give to that organization as well. Now, we're talking about the legacy of God's Word. Not talking about my legacy. Talking about what impact has God had or does God have on people's lives his word. And we talked about the first week, John the Baptist pointing, just like he did in today's gospel reading again, to Jesus as the Lamb of God. Last week we talked about faith in Jesus as the most important thing, as that which matters most. And faith, the Bible says, comes from hearing the message, hearing through the word of Christ. This week we're going to focus on another legacy of the Word. And that's the church. God creates the church through the preaching of His Word and the administration of the sacraments. You know, I'm, I'll give you a little example. When we uh, first moved to our temporary digs out at the lodge, we took some things with that couldn't fit in the pods. And so our patio furniture is out front. And the next morning, there were tracks on the cushions. And because there were tracks, we figured out there had been a raccoon out there. It was raccoon tracks. Well, folks, the Word of God and the sacraments are the footprints of God. When they're happening, then you know that God is there at work. Through word and sacrament, God calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. So, Word is one of God's footprints. So what is this thing we call church? Well, I just want to go back to what we just talked about with the kids. The church is not a building. The church is not the building. You remember this old thing? I think I get my fingers right. All right. Uh, 
This is the church. This is the steeple. Open the door. Inside are all the people. Uh, it's wrong. This is not the church. This is. This is the building. See, buildings are nice, but the building is simply a tool that God uses for the church. Our mission, His mission, is not buildings. His mission in our lives is to transform people's lives. Think about this. If I were to show you my nice camera, I would think you might ask, have you taken any nice pictures? Because the purpose of a camera is not to be a nice camera. The purpose of a camera is to take nice pictures. The purpose of this building, the purpose of the sound equipment, and the cameras and the screens and the, and the piano and the chairs and, and everything that we have around here is that God might use these tools to grow and add to and strengthen His people. The church is not bricks and mortar. The church, the way the Scriptures are talking about it, is a living thing. It's a community of the people who believe in Jesus Christ. Second, the church is not a me. The church is a we. One of the whole points of the whole letter to the first Corinthians is that the People in Corinth, right, were making it all about them. So Paul describes in this third chapter how he's building and growing his church. And I want you to notice, you can't see it in the English, but each time the word you is used, it's plural, not singular. He's not talking about them as individuals. He's talking to them as the people of God. He's talking to us about us. For lack of a better word. And they'd forgotten that. They had begun to make church all about whatever each of them wanted it to be. They had begun to draw up sides. Well, I like Apollos. And I like Paul. And I'm for Jesus. They had divided themselves by which was their favorite pastor. One of the reasons why when, when I've had an associate, except for these last two months, I don't ever let you know who's preaching that Sunday because it shouldn't be about who's in the pulpit. So, my friends, the same thing can happen here. It happens in every church. We have... We live in a world that has a consumer mindset. And I, I, it just hurts when people come to me and say, well, I'm just not getting what I want out of church. Okay. It isn't about what you want. It's about what God wants. We, we come sometimes to uh, be served on Sundays and then go home. We 
We want to hire staff to do ministry for us, not to help us do ministry. When we don't get what we want, we grouse. And sometimes people even leave. They, I like to say, take their ball and go home. We complain. We get angry. Folks, such thinking has no place in the church. This is not Walmart. Okay? As much as we might think the church should be like Walmart, it's not. Paul warns about where this thinking leads. He says, if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. Pretty harsh language. Think of marriage. Because this happens. When a couple remain him and her and never becomes we, that marriage is in danger. My friends, we are the body of Christ, not a collection of individuals. Not, I, I, my prayer, I know that we all come from different places, and I'll start with me, that, yeah, I used to be pastor at Lamb of God, but I'm not. I'm pastor of Fishers of Men. And yeah, some of you used to be members of Pilgrim or St. Philip's or so forth. That's great. Now you're members of fishes of men. That should be how you see yourself. You're put here because God has things for you to do in this place. Things that He knows that you need and that He knows this place needs. I want to listen to Paul's words to the Corinthians. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. That brings us to the central thing that Paul says about the church. The church itself, you, the church, is God's holy of holies. There's a word in the Greek for a sacred building. But that's not the Greek word that gets used here in the text. The word for temple that's used here is the most holy Place, the holy of holies is to remind us of that room in the in the uh, uh, temple in Jerusalem, the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was, the throne room of God, where the high priest would enter once a year on the Day of Atonement. But remember now, as I read this text, he's not talking about a building. He's talking about you. Do you not know that you are God's temple? You are God's holy of holies. And that God's Spirit dwells in you. If anyone destroys God's holy of holies, God will destroy him. For God's holy of holies is holy. And you are that holy of holies. 
how can a community of sinners be called the Holy of Holies? Well, let's think about what made the temple in Jerusalem holy. God was present there to meet with His people. And folks, when we are together, God is present here in us as a community of believers. You are God's temple and God's Spirit dwells in you. That's what Paul says. Jesus promised, wherever two or three are gathered in My name, there I am in the midst of you. We gather to hear God's Word. When we bring a child or adult to be baptized, and after the late service today, I think I'm baptizing six or seven people. When we come and kneel at the Lord's table, God Himself is at work through these means in our midst. How can He dwell in us, sinful though we are? Well, think about what happened in that Holy of Holies. Once a year, the Ark, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, the priest brought in the sacrifice and sprinkled the throne of God with blood for the sins of the people, the blood of the sacrifice. Well, once for all, on a cross, Jesus shed His blood for you. And just as the blood was sprinkled in the ark, so we have been sprinkled clean. We are those who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. That's how we, a community of sinners, are by His grace the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the temple of God, God's Holy of holies. Finally, that means that we're brought together as a church for His purposes, not ours. Church is not about what I want or what you want. It's about what He wants. Go, He says, and make disciples of all nations. That's what He wants. Love one another as I have loved you. This community exists to seek the lost and to strengthen the saved. He has brought us together not to take care of ourselves because that's the surest way. The focus inward is the surest way to kill a church. He has brought us together to care for each other, to care for our community, to serve our community, to bring those canned goods in here, not because we want to have the most, but because we care about the people those canned goods will serve. To make those quilts, not because we just not just because we love making quilts, but because we really care about the people around the world who will use those quilts to stay warm. The reason we have youth programs, the reason we have children's ministry, the choir, preschool, whatever other ministry you can list, is to serve the community. They're not an end in themselves. They're tools He gives us. Tools by which He seeks to transform lives. He wants us to grow in Jesus. Folks, 
I have one more thing to say about the fact that you're the Holy of Holies before we conclude. I remember one day in an earlier congregation, during VBS, one of the kids in the back was doing this. Oops, didn't move on him. And one of the ladies came up and really tore into that kid for being disrespectful. Now, I am all for respect, but she forgot that the most holy thing was there was not that altar. It was that child. When we talk about one another, when we talk to one another, when we do things to one another, remember that you are talking to one of God's holy ones. One that He loves. Our role here is to treasure people. To care for them. To love them. To invite people to become a part of this community. To become one of God's holy ones. See, the people are the church. You are the church. You are God's house. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which pass all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.